Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and his journey back to God. Today we're in Isaiah 3, but before we go there, let's go to God in prayer. Holy Father, thank you for this day and for the many blessings you've bestowed on us. I just come before you seeking out your will and your mercy and your grace. Father, I pray for you and your Holy Spirit to guide this time. I pray that you would speak to us, help us to understand what you want us to learn, and to really take from it, take from it what you want us to learn and know and grow with. I pray, Father, that my heart, my mind, and spirit would be open. That I wouldn't focus, that we wouldn't focus on just the self, but that we would understand the real meaning behind it all. Not how it impacts me or what's in it for me, but ultimately what it really means to grow closer to you. So, Father, I lift up this time, I lift up this hour as we read. I pray for your guidance. I pray for your wisdom. Everything from you, nothing from me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, chapter 3 is about loss. God takes things away from people. And away from Jerusalem and Judah. Um, and just when you think that he's, gonna, he's taken away as much as he can, then he takes away more. And... Then eventually in chapter four, he gives it back. He gives stuff back. But chapter three is about the takeaway. So let's go ahead and jump on into chapter three, verse one. See now, the Lord, the Lord Almighty is about to take from Jerusalem and Judah, both supply and support, all supplies of food and all supplies of water, the hero and the warrior, the judge and the prophet, the diviner and the elder, the captain of fifty, and the man of rank, the counselor skilled, the counselor skilled craftsman, and clever enchanter. I will make mere youths their officials. Children will rule over them. People will oppress each other, man against man, neighbor against neighbor. The young will rise up against the old, the nobody against the honored. A man will seize one of his brothers in his father's home. And he will say, You have a cloak. You be the leader. Take charge of this heap of ruins. But in that day he will cry out, I have no remedy. I have no food or clothing in my house. Do not make me the leader of the people. Verse 8. Jerusalem staggers. Judah is falling. Their words and deeds are against the Lord, defying his glorious presence. The look on their faces testifies against them. They parade their sin like Sodom. They do not hide it. Woe to them, they have brought disaster upon themselves. In so many ways, it just reminds me again of the United States. Our sin is like Sodom's. It's crazy. And what disaster are we bringing on ourselves at this time? Verse 10. Tell the righteous it will be well with them, for they will enjoy the fruit of their deeds. Woe to the wicked. Disaster is upon them. They will be paid back for what their hands have done. Youth suppress my people. Women rule over them. My people 
your guides lead you astray. They turn, they turn you from the path. The Lord takes his place in court. He rises to judge the people. The Lord enters into judgment against the elders and leaders of his people. It is you who have ruined my vineyard. The plunder from the poor is in your houses. What do you mean by crushing my people and grinding the faces of the poor, declares the Lord, the Lord Almighty. The Lord says, the women of Zion are haughty, walking along with outstretched necks, flirting with their eyes, strutting along with swaying hips, with ornaments jiggling on their ankles. Therefore, the Lord will bring sores on the heads of the women of Zion. The Lord will make their scalps bald. Again, in today's society in the United States, same thing's happening. In fact, it's it's even worse, probably. We have the people, the, the hot wives and all that junk. It's crazy. Verse 18. In that day, the Lord will snatch away their finery, the bangles and headbands and crescent necklaces, the earrings and bracelets and veils, the headdresses and anklets and sashes, the perfume bottles and charms, the signet rings and nose rings, the fine robes, the capes and cloaks, the purses and mirrors and the linen garments and tiaras and shawls. Instead of fragrance, they will be, there will be a stench. Instead of a sash, a rope. Instead of well-dressed hair, baldness. Instead of fine clothing, sackcloth. Instead of beauty, branding, your men will fall by the sword, your warriors in battle. The gates of Zion will lament and mourn. Destitute, she will sit on the ground. So not a good picture. And in some ways, I can see that coming for us. God is taking away from the people, his people, so that they can eventually turn to him. But as we will read throughout Isaiah... It's going to be a while. It's going to be a ways down the road. But in the in the commentary, preaching the word commentary, commentary by Kent Hughes, he writes about chapter three in this way. He says, in three verse in chapter three verse one, God says he is taking away something from his people. Then again in three eighteen, he says he will take away something further. But in chapter 4, verses 2 through 6, the gain section, he doesn't say what we expect. He doesn't say that he will give give something back. He promises to create something new. That is our gain, better than we expected or deserve. God knows how to enrich us through loss. Sometimes he takes away more than we wish he would, but only to give us more of himself forever. Jim Elliott says, He is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. And we will not gain what we cannot lose without giving up what we cannot keep. Loss for the sake of gain. This is the way of God for us. And you know, it's so true. In order to grow in God, we have to die to ourselves, right? And sometimes I don't like to give up myself. I don't like things taken away from me. But at the end of the day, if God's doing it, then it's for my be- my benefit, and it's good for me. Sometimes it's just hard to reconcile it. 
He goes on to say, if God seems severe at times, it's only because his love is so intense, his imagination so colorful, that he settles for nothing less than our complete salvation. Not just our partial salvation, but our whole salvation. C.S. Lewis pictures it with Iceanic vividness. Imagine yourself living in a house. God comes in to rebuild that house. At first, perhaps, you can understand what he is doing. He is getting the drains right and stopping the leaks in the roof and so on. You knew that those jobs needed doing, and so you're not surprised. But presently, he starts knocking the house about in a way that hurts abominably and does not seem to make sense. What on earth is he up to? The explanation is that he is building quite a different house from the one you thought of. Throwing out a new wing here, putting on an extra floor there, running up towers, making courtyards. You thought you were going to be made into a decent little cottage, but he is building a palace. He intends to come and live in it himself. That's what he's doing in us. He's living in us. He wants us to be the right structure. He wants us to be the right home. So he's rebuilding us. Kind of cool analogies. I like it a lot. But I do know for myself, the stuff he's taking away is stuff that I've built up over the years. A hardened heart. My own addictions my own thought processes that are broken my angers the things I feel justified being mad about those are going away in the process I lose things some wealth some other things but that's because I built stuff and didn't build it on him so I lose things but I gain this relationship with him Sometimes it's hard, but it's worth it, right? With that, let's go back to God in prayer. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for opening our hearts and our minds. Thank you for talking to us. I'm just so grateful for the way you do speak to us and that we can come to you and say, Abba, Father. To know that you're building a whole additional wing inside of us is amazing. At my age and with all my, my flaws, you're building something new and I'm grateful. And I'm grateful you've started with my heart, creating me a new heart. And I thank you, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Father, for all that you do. I pray you bless this day, use us in some small way. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. I hope you have a great day.